not a pleasant, valuable experience to be with Christians, to worship and praise God according to His Word, to remember Jesus Christ, and now to open God's Word. I'm going to read from Matthew, the last chapter, the last paragraph, Matthew 28, 16 through 20. Jesus had been crucified, but God raised him from the dead. After his resurrection, he appeared to his disciples in Galilee, and Matthew gives us this account. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Have you ever wondered why certain subjects and statements in the Bible become so controversial? Have you ever wondered about that? Maybe we understand why in some instances subjects and teachings of the Bible become controversial. It is granted, for instance, the moral instruction of Christ that we have in the New Testament isn't popular in our time. The strict teaching about worship and the work of a local church arouses all kinds of debate these days in the religious world. Matters of gender and sexuality and marriage and divorce have become heated topics over time. However, God is clear about all these things in His Word. And I would hope our convictions are resolute, yet we understand that a society not grounded in eternal considerations will argue and deny and ignore what is clearly taught in Scripture. But now, why is there debate and denial about baptism? I want you to listen to some quotations I found, and I'll provide documentation on your request. One man said, While all believers in Jesus should follow his command to be baptized, it is not essential to salvation. Here's another. Is baptism necessary for salvation? If the question is concerning water baptism, the answer is no. You've heard of Billy Graham. He says, I think we violate the scriptures when we make baptism a requirement for salvation. 
Now, all I did to find these quotations was to do what many people do about all kinds of subjects today. I used a search engine on the internet and I just entered in water baptism and those came up immediately and many others underneath it denying that baptism is essential. So I think we have a good question here. Why? In the denominational world, the evangelical community, as it is called, the community churches, the popular religious media, baptism is just not proclaimed as necessary. I think I'm going to tell you why at the end of the sermon, but what we're going to do now is just listen to God. Four statements from God in His Word about baptism. I want you to listen again from that passage I read earlier, where Jesus said, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Then He said this, Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Now, if you had never had any denominational indoctrination, if you had no religious history, no knowledge of the popular evangelical preachers, no internet search experience, what would you understand about baptism just reading what Jesus said? Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Let's assume that you know about God's grace in offering salvation based on the death of Christ. You are fully aware of His grace in making such an offer to sinners. And you know you have sinned and nothing you have done or will ever do will merit or earn salvation. But knowing that, which is called the gospel, you want to change. You want to receive that gift God is offering. You want out of a sinful, troubled life, you want to be a child of God and live right and go to heaven. What are you going to do when you come to this passage? Jesus said, go, preach the gospel, make disciples of people from all nations, baptizing them. Well, I believe your conclusion will be, I'm going to consider what Jesus said necessary. I'm going to do this to become a disciple of Christ based on what Christ said written by Matthew. It is a part of my reception of what God is offering based on Christ's death. My response to and my faith in Jesus Christ will prompt me to repent confessing my faith in Christ and to be baptized. Well, these men followed these instructions, and after Jesus ascended back into heaven, they were together on the day of Pentecost in Jerusalem in Acts chapter 2. 
And Peter spoke to a crowd of people. What do you suppose he's going to tell them to do to receive the benefit of the remission of sins based on the death of Christ? He told them what the death of Christ meant, how that crucifixion fulfilled prophecy. He said Jesus is the Savior. He said you people are guilty of sin. And then I want you to listen to what he said in Acts chapter 2, verses 37 and 38. Acts chapter 2, 37 and 38. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Again, I'm going to ask, if you had been there, just listening in the audience to an apostle of Christ preach the gospel and being convicted of your sin and you hear Peter say, repent and be baptized, are you going to make any arguments against that? Of course not. You will consider it truth from God, a privilege, a responsibility, a necessity to do what an apostle of Christ said to do. You would want to be baptized for the remission of your sins, that is to receive that gift. And verse 41 says, those who received his word were baptized. I'm going to visit Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. The Apostle Paul is writing to the church in Rome, a group of Christians, and for their nourishment and their benefit, and for their response to unbelievers, he's reviewing the gospel they obeyed. He wants the Christians in Rome to understand very well the divine plan of salvation. He doesn't want anyone to be confused or led astray or challenged without being equipped to respond. And at this point in Romans 6, he wants them to understand what they did when they became Christians. They left a sinful life in a very definitive act of obedience and they entered into the blessings of Christ's death. So he said, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Now, imagine you're present there among those people in Rome, and this was read. This is being read to the assembly 
and you hear this, you think you would object to it? Would you stand up and say, now folks, we all know that Paul was a good man and he meant well. He's a good man, he taught us about Christ, but he's just wrong about this baptism thing. If you want to be baptized, that's fine, but it isn't that important. Paul is placing too much emphasis on it. Would you make that argument? Would you offer that in objection? Me neither. When you hear the gospel, repent of your sin and you're baptized, you're baptized into Christ, into the relationship where you benefit from his death. See, it doesn't matter what popular evangelicals and denominational creeds say about all this, because that's not your standard. If I'm not a Christian, and I read this in Romans 6, I want to be buried with Christ in baptism into his death to fully embrace what he has to offer. If I'm a Christian and I read this, I know I was right when I was baptized into Christ. Why is this debatable? 1 Peter chapter 3. <clears throat> I'm going to read verses 18 through 22 in 1 Peter chapter 3. The Apostle Peter, the same one who, according to Acts chapter 2, said, Repent and be baptized. That same man wrote this in 1 Peter 3, 18 through 22. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the Spirit, in which he went and proclaimed to the spirits in prison, because they formerly did not obey when God's patience waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is, eight persons, were brought safely through water. Baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you. Not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who is gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, and powers being made subject to him. Everybody knows the story of Noah and the ark. And part of that story is people were brought safely through the floodwaters. Did they have to do anything? By grace, it says in Genesis, by grace God offered them a way through the storm. By faith, these people accepted God's offer and they survived the flood because their faith was activated. They followed the instructions God gave to be saved by His grace. How simple is that? The floodwaters of sin threaten people today. Hearing the gospel... Sinners learn that God makes an offer of salvation, a gift based on the death of Christ. 
Those who hear that message are told what to do, not to earn anything, but to receive the gift of salvation. Baptism now saves you, Peter said, writing by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. I want to recommend, particularly to people here who haven't been baptized, read these passages. Forget what popular religious media says. Don't trust in men. Don't be deceived. Just read these and the other passages from God, who by His grace and mercy has extended this offer of salvation. And discover in reading these passages what you need to do to receive that gift. Repent and be baptized, confessing your faith in Jesus Christ. It is not complicated. Now, there's a question I left hanging in the introduction. And that is, why is baptism a controversial subject in our religious world today? Why are there churches all up and down the valley that will tell people, you don't have to be baptized, it's not a big thing? Why all through the internet will you find prominent evangelicals talking to people about salvation but never bringing up baptism? Why is this such a controversial subject? Back in the 1500s in Germany and other parts of Europe, some men who had been a part of the Catholic Church broke away and began to rethink and restudy everything. Martin Luther, John Calvin, and others. They came to the conclusion, under threat of their lives, that the Catholic system was not taught in the Bible. And about that they were right. But in their protest against Catholicism, they did what reformers sometimes do. They exaggerate and they make mistakes. They're men. Reacting to Catholicism, they developed an exaggerated emphasis on faith and grace. And the phrase developed in that controversy... Salvation by faith alone. In that process, <clears throat> the Protestant denominations protest, protesting Catholicism. The Protestant denominations got hold of that idea and ran with it <clears throat> all the way to today. And in that process, baptism was pushed out of the way to assert salvation by faith alone. The Bible doesn't teach that salvation is by faith alone. It teaches that salvation purchased by Christ on the cross is received by the activity of faith. And so when you come to passages like these and Mark 16, 16, He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. 
And so, when Jesus sent his disciples out, he said, Take the gospel to the world, make disciples from all the nations, baptizing them. What is your response as we stand together and sing? Standing for the right, holding up 